Well, can you explain more what is this victim shame? Well, just stop to think about last, uh, last several months where there was a frequent area in Los Angeles County where trains would have to sufficiently slow down to, to go around a curve and they were getting broken into. Well, the reaction to that by the LA County DA was to say, the company that owns the trains doesn't have enough security. That's victim shaming. Yes, the company needs to have security, but what's changed in LA County? Crime has gone up dramatically and there's been a lack of enforcement of that crime. My guest today is Vern Pearson, District Attorney for El Dorado County. The whole reason for having a society and, and a body of laws is to deter people and stop people from committing crimes. And we've gone a long ways in the last several years to turning the world upside down and portraying the victims as the problem as opposed to the people who are actually committing the crimes. With crime continuously rising in California, has our attention shifted in the right direction? Victims and store owners are now being criticized for incentivizing crime. Do we have to change our lifestyle to avoid being victimized in California? Continue watching to find out. I'm CMI Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Before we get into today's interview, we want to ask you to sign up to our California Insider email list. You will receive exclusive updates on our upcoming documentary and get the latest inside stories on everything that's happening in California. Go to InsiderCA.com and sign up. Now let's get into today's interview. Thank you for having me. We want to talk to you about a phenomenon that's happening and a lot of people in California, we see all this shoplifting and then it looks like the stores don't care or they don't do anything about it. And some people even criticize the store owners. Like, Why don't they do anything about this? Well, certainly the stores do care, but increasingly the, the stores are just treating uh, shoplifting as a cost of doing business. Uh, because as you recall, you know, with Prop 47, the, uh, the consequences for misdemeanor theft, which is mostly what it is if it's less than $950, is, is, is minimal. And so uh, if they call law enforcement, law enforcement, if they respond, will do probably nothing depending on the circumstances. They might issue a citation unless it's a more aggravated case with a large degree of loss. So what stores are doing is they're putting uh, the more expensive things in behind plastic and uh, uh, that in, you know in those types of inconveniences they're trying to move, move things back but but ultimately um, what we're what we're seeing is that uh, it, there's a sentiment that's growing that that um, it's really I would characterize as victim shaming in other words um, if if the store doesn't adequately protect themselves if they don't have enough security guards if they don't put the expensive alcohol behind, uh, farther back in the store, if they don't do all sorts of different steps like that, w they're being blamed by people like uh, uh, a few of our, our DAs and others for they're the cause of the problem as opposed to the increased criminality being the cause of the problem. Before we get into this idea of, of the victim shaming, do these stores, did they ever get sued? Like, would, could you get sued from somebody that's coming to steal from you and if you try to stop them, right. is there consequences? Yeah. Well, I understand that, that California has a lot of lawyers and um, they're very litigious. 
uh, our society is. So you own a store, or you own several stores. Uh, somebody comes in, uh, they're emotionally disturbed, whatever it might be, they're homeless, whatever the circumstances, they steal from your, from your store. If your people contact them and try to stop them, uh, number one, your employees may become injured because of that. Then you have a workers' comp uh, claim that's filed because of the employees being injured, which obviously you don't want that to happen in the first place. The person may become injured, and the practical reality is uh, there's no real consequence anymore in California for shoplifting anyways. So you have uh, uh, your insurance company, your insurance carrier uh, puts a premium on requiring uh, uh, store owners to have no contact directives so the employees don't contact people that are doing that because you don't want to get the employees injured and you don't want the, the, the suspect, the person stealing, to get injured uh, and file a claim against uh, the insurance company. So it's better to do, to don't do anything, don't get engaged, otherwise it would be consequences could be worse than what you lose on the theft. Right? Yeah, it's, it's better and worse. I mean, it's better from the standpoint that the cost of doing business is less. And so by necessity, uh, just from pure economics, uh, stores are put in a position where it's better not to report it, it's better not to do much about it, other than make it a little bit more difficult uh, for the theft. Uh, rather than you know getting getting sued by an employee or by a, a thief who's who was injured when one of your employees tried to stop them, can you explain to us what you mentioned victim shaming and and there's a lot of thought about like okay what why the people that uh, are letting these stores are letting people take their stuff can you explain more what is this victim shame? Well, just stop to think about last uh, last several months where. Uh, there was a, a uh, frequent area in Los Angeles County where uh, trains would have to slow down uh, and sufficiently slow down to, to go around a curve uh, and uh, they were getting broken into. And there's pictures, I'm sure you've seen them, to where there's just mass amounts trash, of trash boxes and boxes and, yeah. and things like that from, from the, the boxcars being broken into by thieves. Well, the reaction to that by the LA County DA was to say, uh, the company that owns the trains doesn't have enough security. Um, that's victim shaming. It's not, I yes, the company needs to have security, but what's changed in LA County? Crime has gone up dramatically and, a lack of, and there's been a lack of enforcement uh, of that crime. And when you blame the victim of uh, a, a woman is sexually assaulted and you say it was her fault because she shouldn't have been uh, at a bar at 10 o'clock at night, um, that's victim shaming. And, and we've seen that in other countries. Uh, uh, you know, what, you know, the uh, South American countries are fairly common about, you know, saying, well, you, you know, you had, you were, you, your wallet was stolen. Well, you shouldn't have been carrying your wallet. It's like, no you shouldn't permit cr criminals to be committing crimes. And if, if uh, the whole reason for having a society and, and a body of laws is to deter people and stop people from committing crimes, rather than you know, blaming the victim uh, for, the cr for the being a victim of a crime, we need to hold criminals accountable. And we've gone a long ways in, this, uh, uh, in the last several years to turning the world upside down and, and uh, uh, portraying the victims as the problem a as opposed to the per people who are actually committing the crimes. Why? 
You know, I don't know why. I can tell you I've been, uh, I've thought a lot about that. I, I, going down, you know, for me, I've testified a number of times over the years at the California State Legislature. Um, you talk to any lobbyist, anybody who's worked down there, anybody who's uh, in that and ask them about the, the Public Safety Committee, the Assembly Public Safety Committee, for instance. It's called Public Safety. You don't see uh, uh, what you see during those hearings in that committee would shock most people because the, the portrayals of law enforcement are, uh, law enforcement is bad, the DAs are bad, um, we're the problem. The criminals uh, uh, have large advocacy groups. They will have, uh, uh, on any given bill that's being heard, you can look at the list of who's in support of it, who's against it, and there's all these different advocacy groups. And frankly, a, a lot of them are family members of people who have committed violent crimes, uh, and I'm very sympathetic to them. Their family member is locked up as they should be. But to them, there's a real impact of it. And they've bonded together and they are very effective at, at lobbying our legislature. Um, and the legislature, unfortunately, seems very sympathetic to, to, uh, to that side of things. And if, if you have a victim of crime that testifies there uh, on, on a bill today, um, they're not treated very well, frankly. I, I don't know how else to put it. And uh, I think most of us, most people, regardless city where you live, regardless of political affiliation, if you went up into Capitol and watched the Public Safety Committee and the way it's conducted, um, it, you would be disturbed by it. Do they want to, is, is it because they want to do rehabilitation and do they want the criminals to, to get to change or what, what is going on? What's the mindset? And so here's the thing. I think it, I would summar, summarize it as a very superficial understanding of the criminal justice system is, is a big part of it. Um, I pick on my friend George Gascon, I call him that. Um, he's fond of saying that 60% of the people who are in jail or prison are black or brown. Therefore, the criminal justice system is, uh, discriminates against them. Um, what he fails to appreciate or fails to say is that 60 plus percent of the people of, uh, that are victims of violent crime are black or brown. That, you know, all you have to do is look at the homicide data here in the, the state of California uh, and uh, of the people that are being murdered approximately, despite only being uh, African Americans being a, a relatively small, about 6% of the overall population, they are uh, approximately or just under 50% of the homicide victims are African American. A very large percentage of the, uh, of the homicide victims are Hispanic. Um, so where is the racism for uh, uh, prosecuting cases and holding people uh, uh, accountable when the victims are African American? I mean, he's leaving that part out of the equation. And I think oftentimes our legislators are doing the same thing. Uh, there could be racism in not the criminal justice system, but in our culture and our society that ha has created this dynamic that's occurring. But you don't stop protecting victims because of their ethnicity. Um, and it, that's not what our responsibility is. Our responsibility is to protect the public and to protect the victims of crime and hold people accountable for their actions regardless of their ethnicity. So 
Th there is no talk of uh, criminals and why they are, uh, or are there any talk and thinking about why does somebody walk into a store and steal something without paying? Right. Is, is there much talk about that? Oh, I think so. I think that the, the, the easy, uh, as I said, it's just a very superficial understanding of the system. It, the easy uh, explanation that we hear out of our legislators and others uh, is that uh, economic hardship is the the reason why people commit so crime. So poverty, right? Poverty. You know, I don't have money, I walk in and yeah. I steal. I, I, and there has been numerous studies attempting to validate that theory and unsuccessfully. It, it, stop and think about this. The poorest countries in the world with absolute poverty, where you have children dying because of malnutrition, have very low crime rates as compared to the United States. Uh, uh, communities throughout the, the, the uh, United States that have high poverty uh, also typically have lower crime rates. Um, it, it's something different that's at work that's causing uh, cr criminality. Let me back up for a second. Some of the periods of, uh, of our here in the United States of uh, very low crime. Uh, the Great Depression, very low crime, yet we had a lot of poverty. The, remember the Great Recession, so uh, 2008, 2009. Um, in the state of California, a lot of poverty, a lot of unemployed, a lot of hardship, people being a laid lot off. Of foreclosures, yeah, people foreclosure, all of that stuff. Crime was at a historic low during that period. So there, there's no direct causation between poverty and crime. It's something else that's at play. Now, so when we let people come, and, and, and what I mean with the criminal justice system, if the criminal justice system let people go to the store and take whatever they want and just get used to that because we want to be compassionate to that person, right. what's going to happen to, to, to well, us? Well, what, what has happened here is that we have increased lawlessness. We have, uh, throughout our society right now, we have increasingly told people there will not be consequences for their actions. We have, and however you feel about immigration, I happen to be, a, my mother is an immigrant to this country. Um, I, you are, they, we know, you know, it's one thing to be sympathetic to immigrants coming to this country. It's quite another thing to say, um, let's just uh, pretend we don't have a border. Um, and uh, when people look at the news and find out that you know, we're, we have a record number of more than two million people walking through the southern border. We have fentanyl coming through the southern border uh, uh, that we have uh, uh, just an astronomical amount of fentanyl in the street right now, coming, all of it coming from China to Mexico up through the southern border. How can you look at that and not say, and reach the conclusion that the federal government has just decided not to enforce the, the, the laws of this this uh, country, um, it, when we don't hold people accountable for shoplifting, when we don't hold people accountable for breaking into cars, all of these examples over and over again uh, sends a message that there is no accountability and uh, what you get from that is increased lawlessness. And so would this number of people that are going and doing shoplifting gradually grow and they would do it more and more? Well, that's what we've seen. To the point where the cost of doing business might not make sense anymore for well unfortunately what we're seeing now increasingly in cities like uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles and and Sacramento now is uh, stores that have tried to remain open places like Starbucks uh, Starbucks uh, they've decided that 
for the sake and safety uh, and business uh, model that they have that they need to close some of the stores because they can't operate this way. And some of these stores are under pressure to lock up their stuff, right? Is, 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 there, is yeah. there a phenomenon that's going on that this people are questioning? Yeah. Well, people are questioning why the stores allow it. Right. And then they're also told that they have to, right? Well, unfortunately, what we're seeing, and I know you've traveled uh, quite a bit and you've lived in Mexico and you've seen other parts of the world. Um, in other parts of the world that have high crime, what you see is the more expensive items are all behind the counter. There's a, uh, they're in a plastic gate. They're in some other types of ways where they're secured because they have a problem with crime. Uh, I never thought we'd reach the day in California where we would be like those third world countries. But for anybody who's been in a grocery store recently, um, you see that uh, uh, more, the more expensive items are being put farther and farther back in the store to deter crime. They're being put behind the counter, much like in these third world countries because of the amount of crime. And that's just a, a business decision that uh, retailers are having to make to to minimize the loss that they know they're going to suffer. Are they also responsible for alcohol theft or things like that as well? Or uh, well, they are, and I know that that uh, we've seen it to where uh, ABC Alcohol Beverage Control uh, has increasingly they will go into stores uh, and basically tell stores they're going to cite them uh, for having things like alcohol too close to the front of the store because it makes it too easy of a target for, for thieves. And uh, uh, the, the stores put the alcohol in displays or whatever the more expensive items in order to sell them. They don't put them out so people will steal them. But you know they, they know their business. Their business is to put displays out to increase retail sales. And when you have ABC coming in and saying you can't have these displays, it makes it too attractive to a thief and they're going to steal from you. And we don't want, you know, kids, for instance, stealing uh, still alcohol. I mean, I can be sympathetic to what ABC is saying, but the practical reality is we need to do something about the theft uh, rather than telling the stores that they need to change their, their you know, business model to protect you know, so they are responsible for the theft. That's essentially what ABC is yeah. telling them. You, yeah. you're responsible. It's your fault that you, you're that making it too attractive, and so you need to do something about it. And that's really at its core, what this victim shaming is: is that it's your you, you need to take steps. You need to provide you the victim, you the store, you the uh, the, the 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 rail uh, railroad owner. You need to provide more security. You need to hire more security. You need to put them in your stores. You need to put them in these other uh, places because you're, it's, it's uh, too attractive. Your products are too attractive for someone who wants to take it. Um, and remember just a, a few months ago in, in um, uh, uh, I believe it was Hollywood, a series of restaurants had people going in and uh, stealing watches. And there was a shooting yeah. relative to one. And then now I just saw a, a, uh, a video of um, a famous rapper uh, saying, you know, things have changed in LA. We don't, don't wear your jewelry because um, you're, you'll be a victim of crime. Because the rapper just died in, in LA a couple right. of months ago. Yeah. Right. And the right. It, you're right, it's not safe. So, it, it, you, the, but stop to think about it. We're telling people, change your behavior, 
because somebody uh, has been told their, their, over the last several months or years that it's okay to take your property and there will be no consequence for it. And so you need to protect yourself by not carrying uh, cash or carrying, wearing jewelry on display. Um, and I mean, regardless of, I mean, whatever the aesthetics, I mean, you look at people with big, huge gold um, uh, watches and things like that, or, or jewelry, it, it's... It, uh, Essentially, it's your fault for wearing fault. this jewelry because right. that's the mindset that we're getting into. Yeah. But sometimes if, if you kind of highlight that it's dangerous, isn't that better? Wouldn't it create safety for, for for the other victims that could become victims? Oh, there's no question that, that uh, using good common sense and judgment to protect yourself. Uh, you know, I, I'm not criticizing the rapper who brought up not wearing jewelry. I'm s what I'm saying is that blaming the person who's been victimized because they were wearing, ju wearing ju jewelry is wrong. Uh, the real problem here is the criminal and the policies that tell criminals that they will not be held accountable for their actions. Are there any more examples of this victim shaming for, for our audience to understand this better? Well, let, let's look at it this way. So uh, uh, about six months ago, Karen Bask, mayor of LA, was asked, does she feel safe in LA? And she said that she does, 10 out of 10, she feels safe in LA. So just recently, her house was burglarized two guns were stolen out of her house. The two uh, uh, people have been arrested and charged with that. And she was asked again, do you feel safe in LA? And she had to say, no, she doesn't. And the practical reality of that is what's changed. The crime has gone up a little bit during those few months, but not that much. What's changed is that now she's a victim of crime. Now she feels it because it's not happening to somebody else. One of the, the unique things about, about crime is as long as it's not happening to you, you don't feel it the same way that you do until you've been victimized. When someone has entered into your home and burglarized your home forevermore, you will feel a little bit different about your home because somebody entered into it. And Karen Bass, sadly, is feeling that now. Um, and uh, I think she's feeling like many, many residents in, in LA that do not feel safe now because of what a number of very poor policies uh, uh, and uh, a, a, a progressive DA uh, and a number of other different factors have what they've done to that city. And you know what's interesting with this idea of victim shaming, I lived in China and one thing that is common in China is whatever the Communist Party members do is right mm -hmm. according to the Chinese people. So if they do something really bad to someone, hurt someone for no reason. The people won't say that the Communist Party did something bad to this person. They say that person was stupid right. to do something to, to make them mad. Right. It well looks it like it we're kind of going that direction. Unfortunately, it's exactly that. It's like I, the number of times I've heard in Karen Bass, I, I saw a, a comment on social media that somebody made. There's like, well, why does she have guns? And were they in a safe where these people could do it? It's like, Let's not forget that her home was burglarized um, and some criminals broke into her home. Why are we immediately going to the fact, uh, questioning her in terms of her decision to own uh, two firearms? Why, are, why, why would we 
questioning, you know, in terms of uh, how difficult the safe was or whatever it was, however they're, they're stored. She's the victim of a crime. That's what it is. But it is exactly to your point. It's like, well, w why are we questioning her because somebody uh, victimized her? We need to turn things around and start I look and see who did that and why they did that. And exactly. That's the conversation needs to go. Exactly. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience? No, that's pretty much it. But I think that's, I think that's a, I it's a tragedy that, that uh, uh, we're permitting this to happen and we need to change the conversation and, and put it back on holding uh, the people who are actually responsible for crimes accountable for their actions. How do we change this conversation for our audience? If people can, can we do it as, uh, I, I think talking as average about residents yeah, and yeah, citizens of California? Yeah. You know, when, when the legislature is out of session like they are now, uh, and, and you go to a town hall forum or you see that someone's having it, bring it up with them. Bring it up with them and ask them how they feel about it. You, you know, who did they side with? Did they side with the victims of crime or, uh, or the perpetrators of crime? Um, it, it's a tragedy, the, the, what we permitted to happen here in this country and in the state. Vern Pearson, District Attorney of El Dorado County, it was great to have you on California Insider. Thank you very much.